and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast, the podcast with the greatest identity crisis there is. As always, this is Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical, which I guess is basically just this at this point, and the YouTube channel as well. To so Let's start off with the usual podcast introduction stuff. You are listening to the latest episode of the Glacially Musical Podcast. Greatly appreciate you joining us. Welcome to episode number 26. It's kind of hard to believe that this little thing has already gotten the 26 episodes, but here we are. And if you are a socially media, social media inclined person, I would appreciate you uh, liking the Facebook page at facebook.com slash glacially musical. The Instagram, which is primarily me just posting records and a couple of beers here and there, is instagram.com slash glacially underscore musical. And my personal Twitter account, because for some reason I never saw fit to make a Glacially Musical Twitter account, is twitter.com slash N-I-K underscore N-O underscore K at twitter.com at Nick No C, because there's no C in my name. Anyway, a couple of shout outs. Of course, you, the usual shout out to Fourth Line Voice Podcast. Uh, hockey has been the my other great love in life besides music. Hockey and music have always gone always gone always gone really well together for me and that's just something that I will that'll always be a part of my life in some way whether it's rooting for the former Stanley Cup champion blues who have now gotten rid of over half of the team that won the cup whether it is rooting for the now defunct St. Charles Chill or the now defunct Missouri River Otters or next week driving up to or I'm sorry next next year in February driving up to Moline, Illinois, to check out the Peoria Rivermen and the Quad City Storm in the Southern Professional Hockey League. And the irony there is I'll be driving north to take in this goodness of, of this Southern bit of Southern goodness. But uh, Darren at the Fourth Line Voice, which you can check out at all major platforms, he talks to all the kinds of guys that I really love listening to, the people who tell the stories that honestly are going to be forgotten in not too long not too distant future and that will be in the, the stories that have never really been told still waiting for him to get jim duhart and uh mel the uh mel the the mangler engelstad or marty the meat grinder melnichuk on the show well we'll wait excuse me i am drinking a little bit of cold brew coffee this morning so if my voice doesn't sound great, and I apologize for that. It's been a rough morning, not feeling particularly well today, but I'm trying to push through and get all of this done. Um, also, if you're into hockey fights and that kind of thing, there is also the um, Five for Fighting, uh, Alex podcast based out of Florida. He uh, he was a UHL fan and uh, was born in uh, the Quad City, so he gets a couple of those cool guys as well. And, you know... Being an independent podcaster, being an independent musical journalist or whatever you want to call me at this point, because I really don't know, hence the earlier, the aforementioned identity crisis. But, you know, I'm not part of a big network. I was never part of a giant website. So, and I always really appreciate the people who are like me and who work regular jobs and have worked to get somewhere and stuck with it. So I, you know, I appreciate the independent podcast, the independent musical journalism and all that kind of good stuff, because I think that you're going to get something more interesting than 
somebody writing for Rolling Stone or Spin Magazine. If Spin Magazine even exists, I really don't know. But as this is the semi-solo show, we obviously are going to be talking about the news this week. Uh, so how are things where you are here in St. Louis? It is a bit squiffy. The, this week, the, the mask mandate went back into effect, and I will come back to that later. But in the meantime, we have a lot of sad news in the metal and hard rock world. The first being that, obviously, Dusty Hill of ZZ Top died. And for me, checking through my notes, and I forgot that they are not actually written down on paper. They are digital notes this time. Dusty Hill, for me, I have been a fan of ZZ Top, if not a very big fan, for a very, very long time. And like many other people in this world, I would have to say the song Sharp Dressed Man and legs and the song Legs to a, to a lesser extent were parts of the soundtrack to my childhood. I first heard that song, like a lot of songs, while watching professional wrestling. The, this was back in the territory days when wrestling at the Chase in St. Louis still existed. And professional wrestling was a big part of my life at that time. I don't really remember why or how, but we just started watching wrestling all the time. And it was uh, the WCCW, World Class Championship Wrestling only in Texas, world-class only in Texas, but you know, it is what it is. In Atlanta, they had the world championship wrestling as well. So, you know, what's it matter? But Sharp Dressed Man was the ring entrance theme for gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. He came out in uh, sequin gloves and sequin pants and I want to say he even had a he even wore suspenders, but it was, you know, it was Texas. The boys in ZZ Top were from are are were are however it is I don't know, um, I don't know how we would say it at this point I guess were from Texas, so it makes sense that somebody would be would would choose them to because Texans have a lot of pride in what they do and who they are, which is awesome. Nothing wrong with that. But that song. That was when I first heard it. And this is back in the days when they didn't have, you know, they didn't play entrance music when somebody came out to fight or when somebody came out to jump in the ring to, to yell at the other person and spit in their face. But they only used that music for when the wrestler was walking down the aisle to get to the ring. And whenever we heard that, we always knew we always knew it was Jimmy Garvin coming. I was never really a big fan of Jimmy Garvin at that time because he was a bad guy and he always wanted to beat up the good guys. And then when we got to, when he got to WCW, not WCW, but uh, when he switched over to the NWA and I was able to watch him on the television program, World Championship Wrestling, which was not the name of the the the... Oh, shoot. I forget what they're called now. Wasn't the name of the promotion. That's the word. It wasn't the name of the promotion. It was just a television program on the superstation WTBS out of Atlanta, Georgia, 505 Eastern Standard Time every Saturday. That was back when TBS had everything at, at 05 for some reason. 
And I remember watching him and telling myself, oh, he's a good wrestler. And there we are. So that is a bit of a meandering statement on how I heard that first heard that song. And I think that song is actually a big part of what led me to like Jimmy Garvin because he always used that song. And, you know, then there's legs and, oh, the recycler tour and all that good stuff. And ZZ Top is a band that has just gone on for so long. It, it's, they were pure Americana at this point. They were a staple of the yearly live shows at on Live Nation at their sheds. That's actually where I saw them. I saw them, oh God, it's been about six or seven years ago now. It was on the La Futura tour. And I remember they said, same three guys, same three chords. And they just, they just played. They just went out and played. Their songs aren't, well, they're not advanced. They're not technically advanced players. They're not but they wrote some amazing, amazing songs and they wrote some truly iconic songs, some songs that wormed their way out of, you know, the, the, the smoky bars in, in Texas and onto MTV. I mean, these guys at the time when they made it on MTV had been around for 10, 15 years almost at that point. And the idea of legs being played alongside of Michael Jackson or Video Killed the Radio Star or Total Eclipse of the Heart. It's hard to believe that that actually happened, but it did. And, and that happening is what is a big part of, I think, why they're remembered today. And, you know, it's with, with pretty good sadness that we say goodbye to Dusty, but my concert story with them. I only saw them one time. It was interestingly enough with my guitar teacher because nobody else would go. I already had the tickets. It was going to be an extraordinarily hot day. Of course, I saw them at our local shed, which is what you do in St. Louis. Went to a shed show last night, in fact, and I'll talk about that in a little bit here and there. And well, we'll get to that. But I mean, seeing them play, just sitting on the lawn, drinking a beer and listening to all of these songs and just how good they were in, in, in the oppressive heat of the day. It was like 97, 98 and 97, 98 in St. Louis is really, really awful. Sarah Jezebel Diva mentioned the heat when she was when she was on the podcast uh, about a month or so ago. If you haven't heard it, check that episode out, especially if you like Cradle of Filth. She former Cradle of Filth singer, and she is doing a lot of cool stuff now as well. But that's my ZZ Top story. I'll, the last thing I'll say about them is I remember my cousin after a period of estrangement, not that anybody was trying to be estranged, but I hadn't seen him in probably three years at that point. And he had, we were talking about concerts because he had been going to concerts for years but where I lived in rural Illinois, there weren't any concerts. So it, it, I didn't go to any until I went to one with him to see Iron Maiden in 92. And he was just talking about the greatest concerts he had ever seen. And he said that one of the best concerts he ever saw was ZZ Top. ZZ Top just came out. They didn't showboat. They didn't put on a big floor show. They just didn't play solos, just went out and just played 
for two hours and just jammed it the whole time. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. And that's exactly what it was when I saw them. Just a little bit of chit chat and a whole lot of blues, a whole lot of great blues. And continuing on, Joey Jordison of Slipknot died this week as well. Slipknot was never a big, I never was never a big fan of Slipknot by any stretch of the imagination. I have always had an amazing respect for them. I've seen them live a couple of times, at least once, at least once or twice on the Ozfest tour. And I jokingly have made the comment that in 1998 or 1999, when I saw Slipknot, at that time, Kiss was my absolute favorite band, and I would get into verbal arguments with anybody who, who disagreed that Kiss wasn't amazing. And I had my my 15-point debate lined up. I've calmed down a little bit since then, at least. But when I saw Slipknot come out on stage at the OzFest, on this, it was on the second stage, no less. And I saw them come out, and they were wearing masks and had drummer, you know, about 50 drummers I looked at that and I couldn't, I couldn't take it seriously, but it just goes to show what I know, doesn't it? This is this band who started out on the national scene playing for, I believe the, the second stage players got nothing on that tour. They just got the, the ability to be on that tour and to sell merchandise and to get their name out there. Where are we over 20 years later? his band went on to become one of the most revered bands of that time frame especially in new bands they were they were very different very unique and they put on a fun stage show i you know i i need to go back and revisit some of their stuff but i remember iowa coming out and the fury it caused and you know he died at age 46, 46, man. I'm 45 and I'm not going to tell you that I'm the healthiest person alive. And it's just, it, it's, it's hard to understand that somebody like that, you know, growing up when we, when I was coming up in the eighties and early nineties, as I've talked about in, in many podcasts around the around the last year or so, the idea of a musician or a rock star giving you the whole kind of real life story wasn't a thing. In 1983, we genuinely believed that Motley Crue worshipped the devil and metal was scary even when it wasn't, but Slipknot, I mean, obviously we didn't get their faces and they held down that the the anonymity angle really well i can't imagine any band doing it now though ghost tried and we saw how well that worked out but they they held it down you know they didn't even have names that's it's amazing it's i mean that there were nine of them and they were given a number oh oh slipknot you did you achieved they achieved everything they set out to achieve so i mean there's nothing you know personal taste notwithstanding it doesn't matter you know but it but anyway you know like I was as I was saying before I got a little little sidetracked there they were a band that you know it, it it's hard to 
it's hard to see these kinds of people as mere mortals. And here he was, he was only 46. And, you know, thoughts and everybody's in our thoughts, of course, uh, along, along with Dusty Hill of ZZ Top. And I'm sorry, it, it, it's a little, it's a little hard, a little hard on this and hard to get through on this and not trying to pander or anything like that, but it is what it is. And we are living in, we are living in strange times. And anyway, let's move on. Um, the last one that we lost this week was Mike Howe of Metal Church. Not the original singer, but came in and came in and oh, when did he come in? came in in 1988 replacing David Wayne so that would mean obviously he was on that Metallica tour there for a lot of long years I was lucky enough to to catch Metal Church a couple of years ago when they came through in St. Louis um, they were playing at Fubar a good friend of mine a good friend of mine's band was opening uh, Torchlight Parade and glad I had that opportunity not glad that that day I was extraordinarily sick and uh, I had a pretty awful pretty awful day and I didn't stay for the whole show but Mike Howe is 55 and that's only 10 years in front of me and as it's come out he, he died by suicide which is very sad it saw on Twitter yesterday dr sewage was said you know men would rather mix a cocktail stream three or four episodes of tng and fall asleep rather than go to therapy and if you are having problems i will say right now it is okay to not be okay the last year year and a half almost now for me has been really really awful and what I, what my mental health craves personally is stability because my entire life up until right now has been based on instability. So when things get unstable for me or out of the ordinary, that's when my anxiety and my OCD kick in. So if you know you've got some problems, just go talk to somebody. The, the first time I went into therapy, the first time I had a session was one of the greatest mo one of the greatest days of my life. And I felt almost unrecognizable the day after. So just talk to somebody, just talk to somebody, you know, but I'm not gonna get too deep into the personal stuff, I guess. The, the big thing I wanted to mention is last night, I went to my first concert in almost two years now. The last concert I went to before this, I am reasonably certain, was John Five at FUBAR in November of 2019, and which is an amazing show. Did not post a review because I was not listed on that one. So I, I tried, but I didn't get it. And amazing show. And there was a great St. Louis band that opened that unfortunately got a hose job because there was a snowstorm 
that got everybody way, way backed up, which caused the show to start about an hour late. So the St. Louis band, who was the local opener, of course, had to play on the second stage where the merch was without a good sound, without even a sound man or a PA, good PA, anybody running the PA. So hearing the CD was really different because there were actually guitar solos during their show. I couldn't actually hear the guitar. But so it's been that long. It's been since 2019. And we saw the Black Crows. They were doing the, what is it? Uh, 30th anniversary of Shake Your Moneymaker. Saw them last night at uh, the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, which let me start off by saying, look, I know I'm getting old. I know things cost more than they used to and all that kind of horrible stuff, but I'm not yelling at the clouds yet, but I'm going to start. I know that. I can't. Uh, you know that feeling when you know you want to do something and you're like, you shouldn't do it. You've got to start talking yourself into it. That's where I'm at on this. But I'm not a big Black Crows fan. I'm not even a fan, really. My wife wanted to go. So we went and got to say, it's amazing how well they performed. Anyway, I'm sorry. I got off track there. I do that a lot. So we went to the casino to to get their their wristband if you what i would have said before yesterday yesterday evening was anytime you go see a show at at uh the hollywood casino amphitheater formerly verizon wireless amphitheater for, and originally the riverport amphitheater which is what we all still call it here in st louis it's especially irritating because there's a hollywood casino amphitheater in Chicago. So I actually once bought tickets to the wrong show by mistake. I did it on my phone, caused problems. Nah, it happened. <laughs> but so they have a shuttle where you can park at the casino and then be shuttled over to the concert. And the problem with this particular venue is when they designed it, they designed it for paid parking, but now parking is essentially free. So there's only one way in and one way out just like the uh, the family arena in St. Charles, Missouri. It's the same kind of way. It's, it's paid parking. So you got to pay on your way in and it's a one lane in, one lane out. The problem is the Riverport Amphitheater holds 20,000 people, whereas the family arena holds 10,000 and they never have 10,000 people at the fam. And they do get 20,000 at Riverport. So in order, you can spend 90 minutes in the parking lot after a show trying to get out of there. And I have done so many times. And you just lay on the hood of your car and drink a beer or whatever you do to kill the time. No judgments, as long as you don't hurt anybody. And to avoid that, because frankly, we're older now and staying till 2 a.m. on a Monday is not uh, not nearly not nearly as attractive or acceptable as it was when I was younger especially since when I was younger I worked retail so and I did my own scheduling typically so if I was going to go to Ozfest and knew I wouldn't be getting out till two in the morning I could schedule my shift the next day for 2 p.m. or schedule myself off on that on that Tuesday I can't do that anymore because I work a real I work a real normal job, at least real normal job for when I was younger. It is what the United States is what it is now. And, you know, so we always would do the shuttle 
And when they started, the shuttle was $7, I think it was. And then, you know, they gave you money to play at the casino afterwards. So it's almost free. And last night we went to, we parked, we brought in our bag for our supplies for the lawn, which you have to have in a clear plastic bag. Now we had a tarp because it rained all day. So we wanted to put the, the lawn chairs on the tarp. I'll get to the lawn chairs in a minute. And, you know, our can koozies for our big giant semi overpriced beers. Uh, a 24 ounce Budweiser is only $13, which is not, I mean, it's expensive, but it's not like horrifically expensive. At least that's what I tell myself. And so we got there and the lady says, all right, two tickets, that'll be $30. Two wristbands, $30. And my wife looked at me like, I'm sorry, what? And I know they missed out on last year, so they're making up for revenue. And she's like, well, do we get any credit back when we come back? And they said, no, it's just $15. Oh, so $15 to drive for them to drive us there and back. Awesome. So we did it. Went to the show, went up to get chairs. Uh, When I first started renting chairs a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, they were $5. Then they went up to $6, but they gave you a dollar back if you returned the chair. Now they're 10 bucks. So before we, after buying the tickets, which weren't expensive, I think I got them for 30 bucks a piece. So before we even sat down, we spent $30 on a shuttle, $20 on chairs, and $30 on beer for two beers. They definitely get you coming and going. And honestly, I might not with, because it'd be one thing if they would say, oh, you know, this is just increase in pricing and blah, blah, blah. We'll bring it back down next year when, you know, when revenues start to level off again. But you know, they're not when during the gas crisis, when before the, before the 2008 gas crisis, a Mountain Dew was a dollar and a quarter. Now those things are two bucks. They never lowered the price after gas came down. So I'm certain that Live Nation is not going to start lowering these prices. So it makes the cheap tickets a lot. I mean, I, I now have a problem buying amenities, little bits and bobs here and there, obviously, because we always do. But if you're going to start really taking those up a notch, up two or three notches, then I think it's safe to say that I'm not going to be not going to be heading out there very much anymore. It is what it is. And if that's, you know, that's how they're going to run their business model while they're at lower capacity. I get that. It would be nice if they would come out and say that that's what they're going to do. Uh, They're going to be nice if they would come out and say if, when, and if they're going to bring it back down to normal pricing, because I know that, you know, the, the costs are all still the same. I get that. But so the Black Crows, they put on a great show. We made it through two-thirds of the show, and we were ready to head on out. We're getting old, and a lot of things bother bother me specifically more than they ever did before. And, you know, my wife had heard everything she wanted to hear, and she said, we're ready to go, and okay, we can go. So back to the mask mandate in St. Louis, Missouri. Let me be very clear about my position on the mask mandate. I am fully vaccinated, of course. I am probably going to get another booster just to be safe. We and my family have taken the coronavirus very, very seriously because we have to. And, you know, I, 
unfortunately, my daughter did catch it. It was very mild for her and she's fine. Um, we had members of the family die from the virus. We, my mother and stepfather died last year. My mother died because my stepfather died, basically. He was her caretaker. And I don't know for sure, but I think he wouldn't go to the hospital because he didn't want to catch coronavirus. Because if he had brought it home to my mother, it would have killed her. There's no question about that. She, her immune system was that weakened. So when people talk about, oh, it's just the immunocompromised that'll have problems. Well, that's my fucking family. So now as for the mask mandate, they told us that the vaccine works. If the vaccine works, then I don't see why we need a mask. That being said, we have to wear them. I, am, I may not have voted for the people in power, but I respect the chain of command and that's where we're at. So we have to wear one. So we were wearing our masks to get on the bus, on the shuttle back. Only people on the shuttle back, not wearing masks. And I felt uncomfortable, frankly. And about halfway through, a guy on the bus started talking about how Wearing masks is a threat to, they don't want it to help you. They just want compliance. I thought, oh, great, here we go. And he goes, and I have a gun and I advocate shooting every one of them in the back. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, and he points at us and he goes, see, this is the country of the weak and the stupid. I can't believe this. So very uncomfortable, of course. Lovely. Wanted to thank everybody for, you know, Saying something, appreciate that. Especially the bus driver who was not wearing a mask. Thank you very much for that Live Nation, appreciate that. But here's the thing. I didn't yell at anybody on that bus for not wearing a mask. They chose not to. What I choose to do, I don't think right now I need to wear a mask. I really don't. Okay, that's fine. I don't think I need it. It's required, so I wear it. But in the worst case scenario, worst case scenario, what does me wearing a mask on that 10 minute bus ride do? Is it uncomfortable? Yeah. Am I sick of them? Yeah. It's been a year and a half, but of course in Missouri, nobody, we're, we're, our vaccinations in Missouri are way down because everybody thinks that uh, the vaccinations are gonna put tracking chips in you and they don't work and it's the scamdemic and plandemic and whatever and other crap. But in a worst case scenario, what am I doing? I'm taking an extra step to protect my family. And my family's had some pretty heavy losses in the past year and a half. So just something to think about. And instead of leaving you on a down note, because I've got nothing else to say this week, definitely want to thank you for listening. I want to, hopefully you'll check out the guys I mentioned earlier today. And you know what, what, uh, in the episode of Red Dwarf, when, when Holly was about to be erased, as they put it, he said, well, always leave them on a song. But because this has been a really, really depressing episode of the Glacially Musical Podcast, I'm going to leave you with two songs. The first song is by friend of the show, White Crone, Lisa Mann. She is a blues player out of the Pacific Northwest who a couple of years ago decided to do a metal record 
as you do, because that's what you do when you love when you love Ronnie James Dio as much as she does. And she's actually done a couple of a couple of songs featuring Vinnie Appice on drums, which is awesome. Totally awesome. So she put out a single. It's been a couple of weeks now out on uh, July 9th. And I am going to play it's a rainbow cover called Stargazer. I think we've all heard the song Stargazer before anybody listening to this anyway. So check it out. And then following that, I am going to drop a song by Ben Blutzker. I don't really know how to pronounce his name. And I apologize, Ben, for that. I definitely, definitely, definitely apologize. Because now I can't. Oh, there we go. The song is called uh, Sands of Time. (laughs) What's funny about this song, and it ties in well to pop culture these days. It's uh, lyrically the track refers to one of the masters of the universe, audio cassette tapes from the 80s. And Ben is uh, a lighthearted metal guy and definitely, definitely worth checking out. I will put a link to his YouTube and I will also put a link to uh, Lisa's Bandcamp in the description on the episode. And if you've made it with me this far, consider these songs your reward because this has been a really rough episode. And oh, one more piece. There's a piece of good news, though. Sepultura and Sacred Reich and somebody else are actually going to be going out on Crowbar, Crowbar, Sepultura and Sacred Reich. I mean, it is it is absolutely awesome that tours are coming back. Oh, wait a minute. This is bad news. The Crowbar North American tour with Sepultura and Sacred Reich rescheduled for spring 2022. But All right, scratch that. Let's just get to the songs. Uh, Enjoy these. I'll check you out next week. And this has been the Glacially Musical Podcast. It doesn't play in Peoria.
Just to see him fly Are we going 